Scott, how freaking excited are you to record this podcast? Hold it right there, Neil. That's a technical foul for using that kind of language. What? I said freaking. Oh, there it is again. What did I say about using that word? Another tech for you. One more, and you're ejected. Wait, wait, freaking? What's wrong with that? Also, it's supposed to be two techs, and then you're ejected, not three. All right, that's it. You're out of here. There's no place in this game for the likes of you. Welcome to episode 187 of Wolf's Cast, the show that would pay good money to watch Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam fight. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Talking about that uh, celebrity deathmatch stuff. It's it's one fake tough guy, and I think Udonis is a real tough guy, I would say. You know, like, I don't know. Like, on one hand, it's like he's in his 40s and still making an NBA paycheck and probably has never had to fight someone in at least 20 years, but I don't know. Maybe he's fighting guys, you know? I'm just saying, like, of the two, I know... Jimmy's a fake tough guy, so I would I put my money on UD there. That's the thing about Haslam, though, is he's like he's been like a figurehead player slash like assistant coach for such a long time, and really has never played. So he he really gets to do that. He gets to kind of have his own brand of fake tough guy, where you, you still believe in him, but he hasn't proven it in like ten years. Well, maybe maybe he, maybe he uh, you know proved it out back last night. We don't know. <laughs> That's right. U- yeah, UD he could have some some extracurricular activities uh, out, out off the court. You're saying from. Oh, UD Florida, University of Florida. That's right. Good Go job. Gators. There it is. What year? What year would that been though? He is 1973. Uh... <laughs> he's 41 years old right now. So let's see. Oh wow. So yeah, he's uh, he was at Florida from 98 to 02. Okay. So four year guys. Jeez. There's four four years. Florida all the way for UD. He's gonna get his name retired just like Dan Marino in the <laughs> Heat Arena. Retired Dan Marino and Michael Jordan's numbers. The year Miami Heat. Everybody. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know about that. That's yeah. Funny. Michael should... Jordan. Yeah, yeah, weird, Marino right? Marino makes way more sense. Sure, yeah. <laughs> then the guy who never played for your team, the guy who just like destroyed your team. It's not even he yeah. played for your team. He spent his entire career laying waste to your franchise. Yeah, like a lot of like one eight matchups. Yeah, Ugh. for the Bulls and Heat in the in that time. That's when you know you really own someone is when they retire your number when you retire. <laughs> it's good. It's good to know. I feel like Jimmy Butler. You know, pretty much everywhere he goes, this is kind of a thing. You know, he's he's just he's just that kind of guy. It really turns out it didn't have much to do with the wolves nope, after all anywhere he goes and you know if it's if the legendary heat culture isn't tough enough for jimmy <laughs> butler then i guess there's nobody that's tough enough for his fake brand of toughness but you know what uh we're happier team without a picture day today everyone was smiling you know they weren't smiling like that on jimmy butler picture day let me tell you so <laughs> everyone you know got, got a fresh cut and Pic- everything picture day for the wolves that's always that's always fun it's uh you know, unlike uh, in school, you know, kind of what uh, most people are used to with picture day um, in the NBA or in sports leagues in general, it happens at the end of the season. You a lot know? of seasons with Kevin Love, it was like season we're already eliminated from the playoffs and they're all just like taking goofy photos. And it's like, <laughs> oh, this is weird. But looks yeah, like, looks like yeah. they had some so fun today. End of the know? season memories. Everybody, uh, everybody. I didn't see it, but, um, you know, like you said, I assume, I assume it's good, good, good times over there. Mm-hmm. You know, even though uh, they had some defeats this week. But, uh, yeah, good vibes uh, are, are apparently happening. Uh, at Target Center. Thanks for joining us here for Wolves Cast yet again this week as we continue down the final the final stretch of the season here. Uh, we're just uh, you know a week away from turning turning over to April, and uh, you know there's the games are getting fewer and fewer in between. Mm. And um, yeah, so on this show we're going to do week recap, talk about the 
the tough week the Timberwolves had. Um, you know, one win, two losses. We got full court press. Um, we're going to look ahead because hey, every single game you know is is really crucial right now. There's only eight left, so the schedule is of high importance. Uh, we'll talk about towns and techs and uh, the Timberwolves. You know, hitting some hitting some legendary uh, you know franchise and league records as far as uh, three point shooting goes. We have a sponsor. We're gonna do worried, not worried, because again, we're getting into that playoff time, and we gotta we gotta talk about uh, what we might or might not be worried about weekly Wolfies and a game. You know how we do it here on Wolf's Cast. Let's start it off with that week recap. Wolves are now forty-two and thirty-two after their one and two week. They're eighth in net rating in the league still, though, so eighth best net gotta rating. Love that. Yep, yep, top ten. That's fantastic. Eleventh on defense. Still good. Sixth. In offense, uh, those numbers via cleaning the glass, which uh, we use because they uh, cut out garbage time. So a little bit more accurate of uh, rankings there for the team. So Wolves still yeah. leading the league in total points scored. Wow. Something the franchise has never done. So we'll see if we can finish out the season with that. I believe it after like two weeks ago when it was like 136, yeah. oh, 142. Yeah. Like the final Timberwolves scores were I mean, all above 125. Our lowest, our lowest score this week was 108, you know. And we scored 138 against the Bucks. Yeah. So, I mean. There's, there's. I mean, I feel like that's ours to keep unless we really start playing bad. I guess we have some good defenses coming up, but yeah. of course we'll talk about that. Uh, shout out Carl Anthony Towns, one player of the week, third time this season. You know, wow, he went enough of those that you're MVP, but he's not getting the player of the month. Lucas still soaking those up, and man, Lucas been playing great too. You know, mm. can't can't argue. We saw him this week and saw what he can do. But good yeah. for Cat. He hit eleven thousand points. That's uh, kind of a fun milestone. Little random, but him and Booker both got it on Wednesday uh, in the same game. So that's kind of fun. So the Wolves, uh, yeah, that, we'll talk about that Dallas game momentarily here. But the Wolves started started off the week uh, getting a, getting a W, sweeping the Bucks as 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 we as we do another game seven for the Wolves. Uh-huh. That's what all the uh, other fan bases are saying is, oh, look at those Wolves acting like every night game seven of the finals for them. <laughs> they should act like they haven't been there before. We're all really cool, and uh, that's why even though the Wolves beat us, we Laker fans know we're better than them or whatever. That's the yeah. That's the uh, every every franchise. Is struggling with the idea that their team is losing to the Wolves. I thought it was funny. Draymond had a big post game interview about after they lost to the Magic, uh, the oh. Warriors lost to the Magic, and just saying, like, we can't lose to them. They're their worst team in the league. And it's just like, well, we know about the Magic, how they've been playing, you know, since the All Star game. We, we talked about that last week. And yeah. It's just like, it's funny to see, like, I can't believe we lost to the Magic. And that's a wake up call for a lot of teams in the league this year. They're like, oh man, players oldie me. We lost to the Timberwolves. Yeah, it still is like a hangover from past times. You oh, know, yeah. It's not hangover for a decade, you know, of, yeah. of bad play. It, yeah. it makes sense. You know, if I was a casual fan of another team, I would feel bad about that. Yeah, so. The reputation tends to follow right. <laughs> for a little while. You got you to prove it uh, extra. But yeah, so uh, Wolf started off with that win. That was really fun. No Giannis in the game. Still a dangerous um, team, though. We had to take care of business. So I'm glad we still did. Still a really good team. Drew Holiday uh, had a nice first half. Not so much the rest of the game. Um, you know, Middleton didn't do too much. Uh, Brooke Lopez back. He's returned. I think this was his like second or third game. Uh, he's missed like the whole season. Yeah. Uh, I think with like a with like a back injury or something like that. So you know, he is. You know, he's not one of their best players, but he's maybe their second or third most important player. Right. Yeah. So as far as having that defensive element at the rim, which you saw a lot <laughs> against the Wolves, like they couldn't do anything against him at the rim. Uh, he had a nice game. Didn't really, you know, shoot the shoot the three quite as much, but his defense is as important as what he brings from a stretch element. So, um, you know, good to see him. You know, him and Towns trading jerseys after the game. I didn't really catch what that was. I think it maybe was like a 
Carl being like, "Oh, I've watched you when I was a kid." Yeah, like, New Jersey, yeah, because he was a he was a New, New Jersey, Jersey Nets All Star while Cat was in like high school. I, I, so yeah, which is kind of <laughs> wild because you think I don't know you don't think about like Brooke as like being this like grizzled veteran, but it's like yeah, he's been around a long time. Yeah, like, he it's, played it, in the I think he was it yeah New Jersey Net days maybe yeah. from his rookie year or something like that. Yeah, so. he was like the New Jersey Nets All Star, you know, Jeez. like the final All Star yeah. for the New Jersey all team offense, before they too. moved. It's so yeah. funny how his career changed. Yeah, he had the whole stretch of his career Back that was all all for the Nets, and it was just like yeah that's that's you know kind of a huge chunk of his career be like kind of al about. jefferson like somehow becoming like a defensive like amazing player in the three-point shooter too like wild <laughs> i was listening to kendrick perkins on the zach Lowe podcast oh, uh, oh. and he was talking about kg stories and he was talking about how angry he was when they traded for kg because oh, he yeah. hated kg just because he's big you know big and kg would clown him in games and stuff and so he hated kg and was like man we have al jeff you know like why are we getting rid of al jeff to get kg but it was a fun story so check that out <laughs> all kg stories are good stories oh yeah yeah, can't get enough of that. But um, yeah, the Wolves uh, Wolves played a good game here and uh, took care of business. Um, you know, I think they hit a bunch of threes in this game. You know, the threes were threes were falling quite a bit, and uh, yeah, they they uh, they took it to them. You know, that's what you get, Milwaukee. You can't uh, again thinking about you know reputations and stuff like that. You know, the Bucks thought they could rest Giannis in this game and uh, get away with it, but no. No, no, no. You're going to take an L if that happens. Now. We had a nice little blissful Sunday, Neil. Everybody was feeling mm. good. On We're high on our own supply. The Nuggets lost to the Celtics. This, Dro- was, dropping so this them. game was on Saturday. So this game was on the Saturday. Next day, yeah. And then the next day, I, uh, I don't know if the Nuggets-Celtics game was that Saturday or on Sunday, but either way, Celtics beat the Nuggets, making the Nuggets fall to a tie record with us. We own the tiebreaker, so that technically put us yes. all alone in the sixth seed. We're all alone in the sixth seed. Dallas had lost. So we're like a game and a half behind Dallas. Cat scored 60 points. The Timberwolves are 10-2 and two since the All-Star break. The bench is stepping up in a big way. I just think this was like the one like day of riding high on our own supply kind of thing. Like It felt so good. It was just like, I don't even know what it feels like. It's also just like, I felt like any team on our schedule, I know that we're coming up against a tough part of the schedule, but we can beat anyone any given night. This Timberwolves team can win. I got the faith. They beat the champs. And so, yeah, it was. Uh, we beat. We swept the season series against the champs, Neil. Yeah. So uh, I just think like obviously things came crashing down, and I don't think you know it's that bad necessarily. It's not like the sky's falling or anything, but there was that that brief window where everything was extra great in that yeah. kind of shining time of the week. You know, yeah, lots of lots of uh, posting of just like the the standings, right? Walking you know, on air, yeah. Highlight yeah. the six. The, the Photoshop of Lori pointing, pointing at the standings yeah. and Lori retweeting it. <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah, it's just good to see that number six right there. You know, I mean, it's all good. Again, it's. There is this weird balance, like we've been talking about, like the rest of the league being like, "Oh, you haven't been there before," but it's it's also true, <laughs> and it, you know, it's not that's not like a that's not like a made up part of this. And no. so there is part of that that Wolves fans are embracing, and yeah, maybe just a little sad compared to the rest of the league. But you can't take this season from us. You can't. No. It's still a good season. It's not like we're overreacting to being you know just the eleventh best team in the West or something. Right. Oh, this- we barely made the play in. Great. It's like no, this has gone at this point now. It's just gone so much further than expectations you know they're already at 42 43 wins or whatever eighth in net rating Neil. eighth, eighth in, in net, net rating. rating eight games left to go in the season eighth in net rating i mean that's pretty much all i have to say we've been a legit top 10 team yeah. this entire season and so like this season is always going to go down as a win for me in timberwolves yeah. history this is legitimately the best team we've had since Garnett. you know this is better than the jimmy butler team i'll just totally. say it you know yeah yeah exactly and, so. and a lot more fun to cheer for and just like so i'm all about this team and of course i'm gonna enjoy it but so yeah a little bit of a letdown then on monday 
in Dallas where the Wolves uh, lose. Is that right? 108, 110? That's correct. All right. So, close yeah. Close game. Close game. Pretty good game here. You know, we, game uh, I did not have a spoiled. Neil, does, it is so much fun to have a close game where you don't know the ending outcome. It's Imagine like, oh, my that. God. Imagine that. Well, oh, thrilling. Even when we lost, I was like, man, I got to make sure I don't get these games spoiled for me so often because that was thrilling. Yeah. So the first of uh, two meetings against Dallas here. Uh, the next one uh, coming up uh, on, on Friday. Um, as as uh, as we record this, recording this on Thursday, so coming up tomorrow, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, Wolves drop this one, and uh, you know, still a good game, but um, this one started off weird. Uh, the the wet floor situation, like storms in Texas, and then there's like a leak in the building, and I, when I saw that, I, I guess I had already I watched this on in, on replay and and knew that the game had taken place, but. When they went to the shot of just like water like falling like it was outdoors. Rain delay. But it was NBA indoors. basketball rain delay. It's like how are they going to play this game? Yeah. And then at one point they had to like stop and like redo live it again. Action. Yeah. No, I just mean they had to stop live action and be like, sorry, we, it's been too long. We got to wipe up this corner. And yeah, exactly. Like, Dang, that's so like that's so dangerous. I'm Amateur really surprised. Hour. I'm really surprised this game happened. Right, like. Usually, I think we've gone through this in past seasons where there's like the weird, sure. had these weird, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, moisture on the court situation. Mexico City game that got canceled. Usually, just is like, all right, that's it. We're not doing this. It's one regular season yeah. game. You could sprain an ACL or something doing this. Yeah, it was nice to watch on replay for that one because I could fast forward yep. like 40 minutes Zoom or something. Right Man, yeah. Yeah. so much of a delay, but. Yeah, and then when it started to go happen, I was like, "Are we going to cancel the game at this point? Like, come mm-hmm, on!" But mm-hmm. man, a lot of uh, a lot of shady stuff about the Mavericks organization right now. You know, <laughs> do you see the, what Don Nelson On was saying? And off the court, sure. Yeah, we have got some. Um, yeah, the Mavericks, you know, continue with their with their um, you know sexual abuse and sort of. Uh, it was you like know. Donnie Nelson's like nephew got sexually harassed by a member of the organization, and when Donnie Nelson reported it, he got fired. <laughs> so. That's going to be a fun lawsuit, and the building's falling apart. And I'm just starting to think, like, is Luca is is, is Luca the new KG in, in Minnesota situation where he's like probably the best, like a top five player in the league who's just going to be first round exits or second round exits because his team and the organization is a trash. I don't know that right Spencer now. Dinwiddie tr- uh, trade is pretty good. Yeah, it's looking good. That one's looking good. But yeah, Luca, um, you know, probably the league's best player since uh, you know in the last few months. Just yeah. just incredible. Dallas has been the league's best team, and uh, they kept going here it was a really good game i mean uh luca was was super good just kept finding you know the pick and roll with luca was just working perfectly for the mavs wolves had nothing to do <laughs> could not stop it he kept finding shooters or getting to the hoop and that kind of thing but wolves hung around you know they kept uh you know they kept uh they kept it close right even in the second half and stuff like that they were you know they, they kept it close they had a big 11 11 to 1 run um you know in the fourth and stuff to stay there um, but, uh, you know, for, for both of these losses, this game and in, in, uh, against Phoenix, um, just didn't, didn't execute. The Wolves did not execute as well as, uh, their opponent, uh, to end the game. And, uh, Dallas was able to put this one away yeah. and, uh, he got the win. I think, uh, it'll be very fun to see the follow-up matchup because Be- Pat Bev was really getting in Luca's, you know, shorts. And they were jawing a little bit. Luca, little you know, Luca ended with 15 points, six rebounds, 10 assists. So kind of like a stat filling night, but he went five for 17. 3 of 11 from 3. He was in foul trouble. So I think the Timberwolves did a really good job on him. He had 8 turnovers. So 
So tough game for Luca, but unfortunately it was Dwight Powell who we couldn't cover. Ooh. Dwight Powell was just like he was a perfect eight of eight from the floor and lob just dunks, like yep, dunks. could not guard him at the rim. So I feel like that was who really killed us. I mean, if we could get yeah. that same kind of performance out of Luca on Friday, I'll feel good, you know, because that was you know we, we played pretty good against him. Yeah, and that's a tough one. I mean, we had talked about it. You know, they, the Dallas uh, sitting at that five. You know, they're kind of getting away from the pack now. Kind of you know, especially as we now we're another week later. The Wolves uh, failed to win that one game, so. You know, hopefully they can win the the other Dallas game, but even then, you're not picking up much ground with that one since you've already dropped one. So it's really kind of maybe we'll talk about this uh, in a little bit here as we look forward. But maybe it's more about that six seed than anything at this point. But hey, every single win, even if it's not against a team uh, that you're trying to catch or whatever, uh, that counts. Half game up, half game down, or whatever. So, yep. um, but yeah, anything? that brings us to last night's game. Yeah, it was a good game against Dallas. You know, we lost. It stinks, but like it was a really good matchup. They're a great team recently. Roll the so. ball out again like that on Friday, and I, I feel good about our odds, especially after yeah. the two losses this week. I feel like Friday's kind of a musket win game in our team's mind, not necessarily. Is it's not really a must win game, but I feel like they feel like that. So right, at least to, to get them back. Right, exactly. So I feel good. I can't wait to watch that matchup tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, right? Uh, yeah, Friday night game. Friday night, awesome. yeah. Can't so wait. We, so yeah, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix game uh, happened uh, Wednesday night. Best team in the league. Oh, hands down. Oh. Like uh, there's, they're a tier unto themselves as far as I'm concerned. They've just been number one in net rating, destroying the league, and for good reason. You know, even without Chris Paul, they showed us how versatile they are. How many different ways they can play. You know, we threw different kinds of defenses at them. They were figuring it out. So, and Aiton is a guy that's like. You know, yeah, it made news this last summer when they didn't come to an agreement on the max extension. Uh, you know, a lot of people talking about his finals performance and how maybe you know he got the kind of a lucky path and they don't have to face anybody and stuff. And you know, so a lot of I well, think Aiton kind of flies under the radar a little bit. You know, tra- traditional big. You know, we're talking about Al Jefferson. Yeah. You know, he's a back to the basket guy. Doesn't shoot threes. So I think you know, his, I think he so he had like a career high with like thirty four points against the Wolves. Wow. And it was like the second time in his career he went over thirty points. Like he's not a big sure. scorer. He's not a big scoring but guy. But he gets yeah. rebounds. He sets good screens. Really, yeah, like you yeah. said, he's got a defender. defender around the range. I will say, though, about his playoff run, I... I I hate to be the petty guy. You know that uh, inbound last second slam dunk he had to win a game and against the Clippers, I think oh, it was. Oh, it was like a buzzer beater yeah. or something. He totally fouled his defender before the ball was inbound. And you could see him grab his jersey and shove his defender away. And it's just like, okay, well, we're not calling that, I get guess. Get away with that. Yeah, gets, the, gets the freebie. Everyone celebrated him as a hero. But, but yeah, Aiden really was the best fouled. player in this game. Super, super good in the paint. Uh, it's just they had figured out our Post kind moves. of uh, high wall of attack defense where basically Cap moves yeah. up and all of a sudden the ball finds Aiden and Aiden goes straight to the basket because there's no one you know with cat not on him there's just no one who yeah no one could guard him so yeah it really took advantage of our defense i feel like that way we're gonna have to make some adjustments but uh they're they're a great team so i don't feel bad about losing i felt good about us being in it you know like it was a really close game we were ahead of them in the half i think feel like we were ahead of them at the end of three maybe it was just yeah we were ahead of three so i just watched going to the fourth it was you know we're feeling pretty good but uh, one, they just killed us in the fourth, but obviously it was the foul trouble. Uh, Towns had like 10 points in the first. He had 12 points by halftime, and then he only scored three the rest of the game because of foul trouble. He couldn't play in the fourth. It's like, why did they beat us in the fourth? Well, none of our best players could play because they had foul trouble and were out of the game. So um, that's something we're going to talk about. We're not going to focus on it right now, but that's kind of what happened in Fe- well, against yeah, Phoenix. Just a lot of fouls and techs in general in this game. You know, Crowder, Aiton, <laughs> you know, different different guys all over the floor. Even mm-hmm. for Phoenix, had a bunch of fouls too. Yeah, I think so. it was six techs three on both sides like, yeah yeah lots of lots of stuff happening there and, and, like and there's said, another tech on ant that got wiped away which is so oh, weird yeah, oh, yeah. they're like because you usually you wipe off the foul you don't wipe away the tech you know so it just really shows how 
ticky tacky of a tech that would have been on ant. Yeah, officials can do stuff like that. It was but a yeah, bad official. Like I game. mentioned, the clutch time, you know, performance from Phoenix in this one, just so good. I mean, that's that's what the best teams in the league do. Like mm-hmm. they're not phased by those last few minutes, and you know, guys like um, you know what's his name Bridges stepping up, hitting shots, and, and stuff like that. They're just they're just solid. They don't they don't blink when it comes to those moments. So yeah. You've you got, got you got to think that Phoenix is is on the fast track to the finals here. They just look they just look so much better than any team in the West, even even as well as Memphis and, and Golden State have looked this year. Yeah, I think that you know you got to bring your A game if you're going to beat the best team in the league. And we gave them too many free throws, so just throwing away free throws, flagrant fouls, technical fouls, ta- instead of technical and a flagrant. And it was just like if you're going to beat the best team in the league, you can't give them easy free points like that. So I feel like on one hand, I'm happy we competed. It wasn't a blowout. We were definitely in this game till the end. But on the other hand, it's just like I mean, it's a good test for the Timberwolves because it reminds yep. this whole it's the silver lining of this tough stretch of the schedule. It's just like you have to bring your level up to here right now, Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was a kind of a wake-up call for that. All right. Speaking of uh, this part of the season, this part of the schedule. Here's the tip. Uh, three, three more tough games here coming up this week. Just we, looking at between this pod and next pod. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, usually we don't get that uh, granular here, but uh, it's a... Uh, it's a really There's only eight games left, and it's yeah. uh, you know we're in the seeding, you know, playoff race. So That's it's right. like every game matters, and so yeah, we can get a little bit more like, granular. If this was a normal Timberwolves season, every week we'd be looking at the race to the bottom. Right, exactly. We'd be so like, oh, Dallas, Boston, Toronto, three easy losses, <laughs> three nothing easy to worry else. about. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So you know, we have to we have to keep it uh, keep it real here. Then, and you know, now the team is good. We have to look at the playoff picture, you guys. So yeah, and this week is not any easier than last oh. week. We got Dallas at home, which is nice. I had home. Yeah. Uh, yep. Like you said, you know, familiar opponent. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Luca will rest. And we got the chip in the shoulder. Yeah, Luca sat out uh, against the Rockets, Rockets which so. is a game you would rest your star against, especially if you don't want him to get his 16th technical foul on the season. <laughs> uh, especially if you know you're going to play those tough Timberwolves. I'm guessing Luca will play, but uh, either way, hopefully, I mean, it'd be nice if he didn't. But mm-hmm. I feel good. It's at home. We got the home court crowd. We're not going to lose two in the same week to him. I feel like we got a real chip in our shoulders. I feel good about this, but. At Boston, that's going to be a tough one, Neil. They started their season. I saw this on TV today. They started their season twenty three and twenty four. They've gone twenty three and four since. Yeah, I just if the Suns are the best team in the league, the Celtics have been the best team in the second half of the league, yeah, the season at least. You know, yeah. Looking at um, yeah, looking at the standings, and yeah, the 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 Heat are a game and a half uh, ahead of three other teams who are all tied for second. So it's going to be a photo finish there at the end. Boston's one of those teams. Like I would put my money on them. They've they've been playing so good. Defense in the league, right? Um, so that one's going to be really tough, especially at Boston. We've never really played well at Boston, like, yeah, ever. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's a tough road matchup against probably the toughest team in the league right now, and so that one's going to be a miracle to pull out. Yeah. So the Dallas games on Friday as we record this, yep. and then Boston is, uh, yeah, Boston is on Sunday, five so, yeah. p.m. Does it say? Jeez, yeah, kind of an early matinee little, kind of game. East, uh, East things, yeah, yeah, six p.m. Eastern Sunday game that'll happen. So yeah, maybe that. That will work in our favor. And then we have uh, the Wolves are at the Raptors on Wednesday. Hopefully they can just go from the Celtics to the Raptors on yeah, Monday, get the whole off. white Vegas out of their system on like Monday night so they can get a good rest Tuesday night. I mean, Vegas, notoriously Vegas. Uh, hard uh, city to play in because it's so much fun. That it apparently has a really fun nightlife. 
and that's why the Raptors always have such a good home record every year. Let's hope that that's toned down in the in the COVID era. All right, you know? who knows? But uh, they are. I mean, the Wolves have had a really bad history in Toronto, so it's another one of those things where it's we could beat them. They're definitely the worst team we've played last week and this week. You know, just but they're not a bad team, and they've they beat us earlier this season, and we play bad in Toronto, so it's going to be a tough matchup. If you can't same. beat Toronto with Wiggins on your team, when can you beat them? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, like. If you don't have Maple no Jordan, chance. then what are you going to do? So, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be tough. But, you know, Toronto, you know, they had another team that kind of had a tough start. But now they're right in that sixth seed, fifth seed kind of action as well. So, you know, you don't think of them as maybe one of the tougher teams. But I think they've been – I can't speak to how they've been playing the last few weeks. But I know, you know, since the All-Star break, second half of the year, they've been really solid. So Yankees um, are complaining right now about how unfair it is that there's a vaccine requirement in Toronto. <laughs> they're like, this is unfair. This is going to unfairly hurt the New York Yankees and other teams in the league. That the, that the Blue Jays get to have this home court advantage where home field advantage where we can't play our guys because they're unvaccinated. It's like, get your guys vaccinated, <laughs> dummy. Like, Multiple guys. Yeah, lots of them, including like Aaron Judge, like the, one of their best players. So it's just like, you. and I mean, the big news this week was that New York's getting rid of the requirements so okay. Kyrie can play home games. And that's also for the Yankees. It's funny that they won't do it for the Nets, but the second the Yankees <laughs> ask, they're like, yeah, we'll change the law for you, buddy. We got you, New York Yankees. We actually care about you, New York. And so, yeah, titles. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, that is interesting to say the least. But yeah, we'll see about these three games again. The Wolves are they're in a good place as far as you know. Again, the Clippers continue to fall down behind them. It's not like they're going to fall out or anything like that. But you know, they, they Paul George could return this week. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, they just got to keep you know at least winning 500, 500, You know, keep five hundred ball going. Yeah, I, there's Wayne no. You're right. We're lose. not falling to the eighth seed. You no, know, it's but. almost not. I mean, it's technically possible, but it's just, it's not really in the cards. What we're talking about here is, are we going to catch Denver, who at this point I think is a game and a half ahead of the Wolves uh, before Thursday night's action. Yeah, they're um, playing the Suns tonight. Hopefully, I mean, that would be the the kick in the pants is if we played Phoenix too hard last night oh. and then Phoenix lost to the Denver. So they are like, we got yeah. the worst of both worlds. We could have forfeited this game to Phoenix and then had them fresh against the Denver and got in, uh, at least that happened. But that'd be the worst of both worlds if they beat us and then lost to the Nuggets tonight. But yeah, hopefully at least a one and two week here. Two and one would be very nice. Yep, uh, that's exactly the way I look at it. And, at least uh, one and two, two and one would be great. Three and oh is like, what happened? Three and zero, we're back on it. We're getting high on our own supply. Yeah, we're, we're back having, to we're that Sunday feeling, night. yeah, <laughs> six seed feeling there. All right, well, uh, let's hope uh, let's hope those games go well for the Wolves this week. He's hitting up. Next up, talking about uh, Carl Towns and uh, you know the Wolves, just sort of in general, lots of lots of foul trouble. You know, as we mentioned, uh, you know it really hurt them, really worked against them in uh, in that Phoenix game this week. So yeah, mostly about the techs with Carl, but I think just in general the team. I mean. I haven't looked recently, but we know, you know, the, the team, you know, due to their uh, scrambling uh, sort of behind the play, scrambling, uh, maybe not matching up with your man, but just grab a guy sort of system. Lots of fouls. It's been uh, it's been one of the, the negative things about this year is Carl and to a lesser extent, Jaden McDaniels, you know, being way up there in total fouls as far as the league goes. Um, so yeah, I mean that's how that's how the Wolves, you know, that's that's the one downside of their one of their downsides of their defense. The main one, of course, is rebounding. They can't end a possession with a rebound to save their lives generally. But the other one is is they can they could foul from time to time, send their opponent to the free throw line. So we just want to touch on that right now, Scott. Anything else about the 
about the just the in general fouls, or, or, or are we talking talking text here? Well, I'm, I think we could before we talk text, uh, we could talk about talking text, talking text, tech talk. Yeah, this is my uh, my TED talk, my tech talk, tech uh, talk X at TED. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think the problem is if I were a team that was scouting the Timberwolves and mm. I was like, man, Charles Anthony Town, All NBA, All Star, definitely like you know having a almost MVP type season. Let's get him out of the game. Here's an easy idea. He seems to be really foul prone. Depend yeah. and like you know, last night Jay Crowder took him out of the game. So mm. you, you you don't even have to send your main star. You can send a bench player at Cat. Just have a guy keep stepping in front of Cat. Just have players run into Cat over and over and over again. And you know because of Cat's reputation with the refs. You're going to foul Cat out. You know, if you have to foul out two of your players, just get people off the bench. Just stand by Cat. Have them body up Cat. Oh my God. That'd be my plan. Is I'd be like, I'd send a bench guy in and have them touch Cat every single possession until Cat has too many fouls. Because, like. Oh, that's a foul! Why wouldn't you do that? It's so. it's it, Cat's proven he'll take himself out of a game so easily, so quickly. And then you'll have a game like the, like the Suns last night where it was like, oh, Towns can't play the entire fourth quarter because he had five fouls. Like, I could foul out towns from a game i'm pretty sure and so i'm just saying like and maybe that some of that is like not fair because you're taking advantage of the fact that you know what the referees do with towns but that would be my game plan my game plan would be just like let's run at towns i don't care how many times we have to foul towns you know put him on the line 15 times if you have to but we're going to foul him out and he's going to only play 30 minutes because of foul drive yeah it's almost like you know how you know good teams will you know especially in the playoffs they'll like hunt your worst defender by putting him in pick and roll, you know, like put a, a weaker like perimeter defender in pick, pick and roll or even the center. It's like, we're going to find your weakest link and put you in pick and roll and really break the system. But for towns, it's almost like don't even bother with the pick and roll. Cause then maybe he's too far off, out of the play. It's right. just like, just literally just drive at him or give his man the ball and just, just try to get in there. Cause yeah, you're right. It's, and it's it, a lot of it too is not so much like even his fault. It's, it's just a matter of the position and a matter of the fact that he's a guy with such a huge usage rate that half of his fouls are offensive. So it's not even just defensive fouls. Oh, he's out there hacking dudes. He's pushing off when he drives. He's, you know, rebounding and getting fouls, screening and getting fouls. You know, some of that's kind of, you know, gone down a little bit. You don't see too many uh, screen fouls from him as the season's gone on, which has been nice. But he's He'll still get getting, still get when he drives and stuff, he still gets those. So yeah. it's a lot of them aren't even on the defensive end. It's just like he gets them because he has the ball in his hands so much, rightfully so. Yeah. I would, uh, I would just, uh, you know, the whole driving kick idea of offense. Mm. I would drive if I don't get fouled by t- Towns. I'd kick. They have that guy drive. If he doesn't get fouled by Towns. Kick. Have that person drive and just keep driving until you either get fouled or you have to throw up one at the shot clock. Yeah, you'll find you'll get to one guy who can get him out of position, and yeah, that that'll happen. So, so yeah, just do that. That's the idea. So like. It's a huge bummer. Uh, I obviously think that you know that strategy could also work against Jaden or Vando or maybe even Pat Bev if you really wanted to take the Timberwolves out of their element. That's the way to do it. And well, Towns is easier because Towns he's, is so easy. He's a he's a target. He's already a guy that has been you know what he is. He's in top five in total fouls in the league, right? Like he's way up there, and you know that he's like thinking about it and sort of can get emotional about it. You'll so, get in his head. So, so that's even the thing if too. you're not fouling him out, you can get him out of sorts. Like yeah, like I said, you know how I said like even if I have to put him on the line 15 times to get him that means you know if you're fouling him 15 times you're going to foul him maybe 20 times and five of those times it won't get called and then cat will lose a possession
Jackson because he's arguing with the refs and all of a sudden there's two points for your offense. And, you know, so you're right. If, cause there's going to be like, if you foul him every possession, this is the whole doc rivers philosophy was we don't care about fouling early heavy in the game because in the NBA refs don't have the guts to foul out my entire team. At the end of the game, they'll stop calling. Yeah, you. exactly. That was the thing. And, but like once you get towns into a, uh, that headspace where he's like, this is unfair. I can't believe that I'm not getting the call. It's so easy to take him out of the game. That would be my strategy. So I think that like, it's maybe like the biggest potential weakness of the Timberwolves going into the playoffs. Like if Towns is in foul trouble in four of the five games we play or five of the six games we play, it's like it's going to be a short series. Towns has uh, 14 technical fouls thus far this season, and uh, you get suspended for one game at 16, and then uh, every every uh, two beyond that, so 18 and 20, would also result in suspensions. Uh, we just looked it up, and we thought this might have been the case, but um, the count resets in the playoffs. So Whee! Carl, thankfully, you know, will uh, go back to zero. Uh, you know, when the when the playoffs begin, so it won't. It won't always be this thing of oh, any two texts mean you're mean, mean you're missing a game again. So you know, it looks like Carl probably will hit that sixteen. It's mark hard to the way it's hard going. to imagine not getting two more texts this season. Eight so games left. He will so. have to miss a game, and so this is going to be the real test. I mean, he's obviously got one more to get. He'll probably get it tomorrow night. You know, it, the way he's, he's going. Sort, it's a little nebulous. We think he's the, at fourteen. The web the, the website we were using says fifteen, but Jim Pete was saying on the air one got rescinded earlier in the season, so yeah. we think he's at fourteen according to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bally Sports broadcast. So two crew. more. Yeah. I don't want to associate Bally Sports with Jim, Pete, and Dave Benz. I know they work for them, but like so let's Science keep them, let's keep them separated because yeah, they yeah. have nothing to do with that failing yeah, organization. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, you got to imagine Towns will miss a game. And the thing is, like this is we're gonna this is we're gonna see like because sometimes players. It's kind of the thing where like sometimes players will get five fouls in a game, but they're so disciplined, then they won't get another one because mm-hmm. they're just good like that. They yeah. understand where their limits are. Towns isn't that kind of player, by the way. <laughs> uh, but we've also seen times where players get their techs up until 16. They're one away from the suspension. Then they don't get another one for the rest of the season because they just know they they know oh, I'm not going to cuss out the ref. Like, you know, they know they can when when they are not at that limit and then they can stop themselves. So but I think that's really dangerous or a lot or, or like foolhardy because oh, yeah. I, even in the last game, I think it yeah in the Suns game, like a a double tech can happen, and, and you. I don't, don't really even have, think Towns really deserved that double tech. You don't really but, have much to do with it. Like yeah. if you just kind of get tangled up, you could sort of accidentally get a double. Especially tech. with Cat's rec- re- reputation with the refs, they're never going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like I said last night, he got tied up with Jay Crowder. It looked like Jay Crowder did all of that, but Cat got the double tech because you know Cat was you know not backing down or anything. That's probably the problem. But yeah, so I don't think Cat is that kind of guy who's going to be like, I'm at 15 now. I'm going to exercise restraint. I've just never seen it from him. Yeah. So we got to assume he's going to miss a game and. Uh, like we said, the easy games don't happen until the last three. You know, we have eight games left, so, we, so that means we have five tough so ones maybe left. It won't happen till then, but so yeah, because he. So let's say he gets one in the very next game. That means he has four games to not get one. So That's I don't tough. know. We'll see. Because like I said, it would be killer to miss him against like Denver. What if he's not in our game against Denver next yeah. week because you know he fouled out? That's dangerous. But I mean, if he misses the Chicago game, or it kind of could stink too. Because at the end of the season, we got the Rockets, the Spurs. And the Bulls, so maybe the Wizards, you, yeah. maybe you, or and the Wizards, so maybe you target that Rockets game and are like, maybe we can get him to miss that one, <laughs> you know, get the purposeful tech that you know the game before against the Nuggets or something. But like, yeah. uh, you, you, we can't have him missing for any of these big games. And even like, if we lose out all these hard games, then it's even more important to win these games against the Spurs and the Bulls. And if we don't have counts for it, like. 
it's not good, people. It's not something you want to see. So that's uh, very troubling, and it's going to be something like that's uh, if we had to predict it, I would predict Towns is going to miss a game because he's going to get 16 decks. So yeah, and there's also a financial element here where it's it's the first like five or you know they get fined like three thousand dollars per per one, but then when you get up up where Towns is now, it becomes uh, yeah, it becomes like five grand a foul. So uh, you know it's okay. chump change for for some I of saw these that guys. If he makes but the, all- I didn't really realize that like every tech you get you get a like a thing like that and it's like a sliding scale it goes up i think he unlocks like a new tier of his contract if he makes an all nba team though it's like another 40 million dollars for him so he's fine with the pain oh, he doesn't yeah. care about paying yeah, the, the trade-off is no big deal yeah but no big deal um but yeah that's that's something to look at uh, as far as uh, this season winding down um but yeah we go it's more. probably like the number one topic we've talked about this season is the fouls maybe the defense maybe it's defensive yeah. fouls up to there we've had episodes where i'm like well we could talk about this and neil goes can we not do fouls again this episode <laughs> referees we've talked about it so much recently i'm yeah. like yeah yeah that's a good point yeah, we can skip more it this like week. more like ref stuff but yeah that's... hopefully this will be the last time we talk about the refs during the regular season uh but i have a feeling it won't be <laughs> we'll see all right well very appropriately here is he's on fire and speaking of being on fire everybody this timberwolves <laughs> team this has been fun neil neil and i have been doing this since 2015 the first years of this podcast like the uh, this year we're harping on the fouls the thing we used to harp on the on uh, the podcast for the first couple seasons was how the Wolves were like last in the league in three-pointers attempted. We, like, we weren't even attempting ones. We had a golden rule, kind of a general rule of thumb that we always talked about. And I kept bringing it up on the show. It was, Neil, it's very hard to win a game where the other team makes more threes than you attempt. Oh. And that was the Timberwolves style. Is that you'd be like, well, yeah, we attempted 14 threes and they made 15 tonight. You know, like it was just a terrible style. And then we get, you know, uh, the Ryan Saunders era comes in. I mean, Tibbs took a little bit more threes, but still not really the main thing. Jimmy is shooting like a hilarious like 7% on threes for the second half of the season. He yeah, just doesn't he take them anymore. He attempts like two a game. Yeah, so that, another reason to laugh at Jimmy, everybody, <laughs> while we're doing it. But uh, so then the next phase was the Timberwolves are like, okay, we're changing it. We are going to be the team. We're going to get modern. We're going to be the team that shoots the most threes. And we were, and we didn't have anyone on the team who could shoot threes. It was like Trevion Graham, Shabazz Napier, Jordan Bell. Uh, Noah Vonley. We had a team that was taking the most and like missing the most. We had like the third most attempts in the league and the uh, the twenty seventh in makes. You know, like yep. it was just like okay, now we're taking all the threes and we can't make any of them. And now it brings us to today, where we are currently this season have hit the ninth most threes ever in an NBA season, and we're on pace. I took the number we make per game, multiplied it by eight. We're on pace to end up third. All time for three points made in a season. So just there to blow your mind. I'll get you with the stats, you know, in a second. But man, just think about that. In the last, I guess, seven years, we're old. Long run, long running <laughs> podcast. Everyone, you stick around long enough, you're going to see. Right. You're going to see the Timberwolves start making threes. I guess. But what I'm trying to say is, we went from a team that took the least amount of threes to a team that took the most and missed the most to a team that now is setting an NBA record. We're ninth all time for made threes as a team in NBA history. Yeah, you got to take a lot to make a lot, obviously. So, yeah, I wonder uh, – I would also like to know the, like, attempts sure. – right, the records for uh, – yeah, for, for the attempts and stuff. But, uh, wow, yeah, it's certainly a, a pretty wild uh, turnaround for the team. And, you know, we got we got to trust the process there. I feel like we got we got to yeah. give it up for, yeah. the, for the man. You know, he, he set all this – he set all this stuff up to, to be kind of the way – I mean, that's that uh, Rio Grande stuff. That's, that's yeah. that uh, – Rio Grande Vipers. You know, that's the Daryl Morey uh, money ball kind of it's the, it's the next evolution of that 
But yeah, it's certainly shocking to it's see. It's fun to take a step outside and just kind of recognize that because right now I'll give you the numbers. We have 1,094 right now. Okay. Attempts uh, or yeah. makes. Uh, makes. Makes, yes. And we are on pace to have 1,212 this season. Uh, the first and second all-time, first all-time is 1,300 threes made by the Rockets in 2018-19. Second place all time is Rockets again, 1718. They made 1,256 threes. Right now, the Jazz from last year, 2021, the Jazz hit 1,205. So we're on pace for 1,212. So we'll probably end up third or fourth most all time in NBA history. Threes in the season. That is, uh, that's wild. So yeah, that's, we're going to see and that maybe go up, up, up. And maybe that record will stay forever because they'll change the juice ball. You know, that's what happened with the Twins. They set a home run record for Major League Baseball and then they stopped using the juice ball. And so now that record's going to stay forever. Yeah, <laughs> pretty amazing. So yeah, keep getting them up and uh, we're watching and we'll see. I mean, we have, uh, you know, Sky, you were, you, you you know, we're, we're going to we're gonna fly past this as far as uh, how many threes made um, multiple players are going to have, um, you know, in this season. And I think it was what we you, you predicted that there'd be two. there'd be two that shot that made over two hundred. Yep, Ant's eight and away from Ant is knocking on that. that door. Yeah, it's amazing. Carl's not going to get there. Nah, he's, he really slowed down his attempts. He in the really second slowed half of the season, down. So. Yeah, he's at one thirty six made threes right now. So. Yeah. D'Lo, uh, 40 and eight games, probably not going to happen. 40. Yeah. He, he, uh, yeah. Closer to 30 and eight games, but yeah, yeah that's, that's games. still a lot. You're probably not going to do that, but Edwards and Beasley will, uh, will hit that 200 mark for you this year. So it looks like you're going to cash on uh, that one. So yeah. yeah. Uh, D'Lo would have to average 4.25 per game. Yeah, that's a lot of really good that's games. We'll see. Maybe Especially we'll he's, he's got one. some shooting issues. We'll talk about later. Yeah. All right. But first, uh, we are going to uh, get to our sponsor right here as we do right in the getting middle paid, getting of paid. every show. So settle in because we have some important message from a very uh, important sponsor. Target Center has become a loud, raucous arena filled with supporters screaming themselves hoarse for the hometown Timberwolves. For most followers of the team, this is welcome news. However, not everyone is happy about the uptick in fan interest and volume. There are some who prefer things the way it used to be. They call themselves Timberwolves traditionalists. For all but a few short years, the Minnesota Timberwolves have been among the league's bottom dwellers. The team is located in a landlocked Midwestern tundra town where few fans and even fewer free agents choose to be. The years of ineptitude and nonstop failure have created a generation of fans who thrive off the crypt-like arena atmosphere at Wolves home games. These days, a winning record and likable roster of players has created quite the change in the formerly muted arena. Suddenly, empty seats are difficult to spot and all sorts of noises from cheering to outright elation fills the buoyant building. The Timberwolves traditionalists vehemently oppose this appalling affront to their time-honored values and yearn for a time when apathy reigns supreme. So if you find yourself annoyed by all the sudden interest in subsequent home court advantage being fostered around the Minnesota Timberwolves, they invite you to join their ranks. Simply head to TimberwolvesTraditionalist.com and sign up today. Whether you're a negative Nancy or a gloomy Gus, their community will welcome you with open but silent arms. Thank you to Timberwolves Traditionalists for their support of Wolvescast. All right, up next, time for Worry Not Worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm not worried, are you? 
All right, it's been uh, it's been a few months. Worried, not worried is uh, typically something that uh, is a little more appropriate early in the season, due to uh, you know the expectations coming into the year and then how they mesh with what's actually happening. There can be a lot of anxiety around that, but uh, for the first time in a while, we get to do some worried, not worried uh, here towards the end of the year. We we're playing so good out of the All Star break. We had nothing to be worried about. Oh yeah, it's 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 been a minute, but uh, you know, time to time to close out the season with some questions we might have. Um, you know, just checking the pulse here on uh, how worried we might be. So uh, we have a couple um, examples here, a couple uh, questions for each other here. First one, Scott, are we worried? Are we not worried about the Wolves not making it out of the play in round? So uh, Wolves, again, as we said, very clearly in the seven spot. Seems like they will host the game. Are you saying, am I worried that the Wolves will finish the season in the seven spot? Or are you saying, I'm worried we're not going to win our play-in games? I'm worried they're not going to win their play-in games. Okay, that's that's the question. That's what I'm wondering about. Are they going to lose two straight games in the play That's what it takes. If you're the seven or you're the eight, you got to lose two straight games to uh, to be bounced. Are you are you worried about that possibility, Scott? With the with the potential opponents of you know the Clippers first, and then the winner of you know Lakers Pelicans after that. Oh, what's the level that's not worried? Worries a bit too much, maybe like slightly concerned. Like, no, no, this segment is I think worried about it. or not worried. Okay, the answer is we, no, not it's, worried. It's no, fine. let's no. We uh, say you're things right. like a little worried. Yeah, but <laughs> if I have to come down on this, I'm going to say not worried because. I understand the arguments against it. Maybe you'll make it, Neil, if you're saying you're worried. But mm. the thing is, this Timberwolves team, despite what happened in these last two games, they've changed my mind. I think that this is a team that could beat anyone on any given night. They're a team that shows up for big games. Even these two games this week, they you, you can't accuse them of not showing up for them. They were very competitive games. Yeah, so I don't think this is a team that will show up and lay an egg like I would think about previous teams. So I think that, you know, if we're in the seventh seed, which is by far the most likely thing, we're going to get two cracks, you know, either at... I mean, the Clippers obviously would be the first crack. And, you know, some crazy thing happens. Towns fouls out. Paul George and Kawhi both come back. And all of a sudden we win. You know, we lose that game. Then you got to think we're going to take care of business against the Lakers. They can't beat anyone unless LeBron scores 50 points. And they might not even be that seed. You know, it could be the Pelicans. It could be the Spurs. So I just believe I have too much faith, especially with both those games being home court, the kind of home court energy we've been generating. The fans have been so good. It's like a target center that I don't recognize. So I'm not worried. I think this team, I, I, I trust them enough to take care of big games and they're going to get two cracks at it so even if something fluky happens one time i don't think it'll happen two games in a row so bring it on i'm ready for the play yeah you uh i don't have much to add to that scott uh I'm, I'm 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 with you i'm not worried about it i think it might be tempting to be worried about it especially as we've been talking this year of like oh not gonna believe it till i see it timberwolves uh, you know, it's new new territory for y'all. Yeah. You know, you t- t- playoffs and especially a one game pressure situation. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, you're right. They, they've they've got the experience now. They've they're not just squeaking in here. You know, they, they've proven that they're they're a for real team as far as this range of the game goes. That's not to say that I I won't get a little like nervous when Towns has three fouls in the first half and the Clippers <laughs> go up by double digits in the sure, first sure, half. And you're sure. like, oh, man, and all of our, we're going to clench our butt cheeks a little tighter in that moment. But I, I, I got faith. I put money on it. Yeah, I believe in uh, Chris Finch. I feel like I think about him first and foremost believe when it comes to this. Like he's just he's going to put his team in a place to succeed. Even if the players might have some jitters or whatever, like they can do it. And yeah, I, I was also going to make the point about the home court advantage. Like 
that will that's good for at least one of those games. So yeah, it's like if it was one game, I'd be nervous. Two games though, because yeah. anything can happen in one game. That's anything right. can happen, but two games now we're gonna be all right. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. Be all right. So I think we're in agreement there that that is not really the worry. Even though they're playing some tougher teams, you know, taking some losses now, uh, that's okay. They they can beat they can beat these squads. So all right, well let me tee up this next one, Neil, because okay. I kind of put it in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was a little worried last night. Uh, clowning the Suns a lot in the first half. It's the don't poke the bear theory that I have. I remember, Neil, uh, the playoffs. Oh, man. Remember when the Timberwolves were in the playoffs? It was that Houston Rocket series. Oh. Went to both games. Game three, we won. You sold your ticket because you had to go out of town. You sold it to a Rockets fan. So I sat next to a Rockets fan. <laughs> he left three quarters in because we were destroying him. And then the next game, I went with Meg, and we got up big in the first half. And people were chanting, overrated oh, or no. Harden sucks. Oh, no. And then they came out and dropped 50 in the third quarter. And I was the whole time, I was like, don't do the starting no! center. Don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. He's going to come out. <laughs> and so I was felt that way against the Suns. And I'm like, wow, we're talking a lot of trash against a really good team in the first half. You know, I hope that doesn't come back and bite us. Yeah. Well, so my question, Neil, is are you worried that this new trash-talking identity of the Timberwolves is going to come back to bite us? Hmm. I mean, it's weird because I feel like we 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 brought this episode in by talking about, oh, like people are overlooking the Wolves or thinking they can rest against them or thinking that, oh, they they haven't won anything, so you have to, you know, calm down guys over there. So it's this weird thing of like some teams are still kind of thinking that it's the old wolves and they don't have to worry about it. But then, yeah, some teams are, are finding out that it's not true. And, oh, they actually, they're actually talking a bunch here in this game. Not only that, not only are they winning, but they think, you know, they're on top of the world right now. So it's, it is this weird duality there. I don't think it's going to come back to bite them. I mean, I think that. Ultimately, these teams are ready to go, especially at this point in the the season, especially if we're talking about a playoff situation. I don't think that the reason the Wolves are going to lose is because, uh, 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 you know, that they're poking the bear or whatever. Um, it certainly is something that has become a trend, though. And uh, but I, I think it's just something that is part of the whole is, is part of why the Wolves are where they are. It's part of why their team is kind of seeming to be on the same page and kind of close to it and stuff. It comes from just it. Hey, all this stuff comes from Patrick Beverly, right at the end of the day. And so he's a big reason why the team is playing so well. So I'll take, I'll take it all in, in, in stride here. Pat Pep loves the booze. You got to have him. You know, he's uh he's, he's a PB and J. So, yeah, I mean, it's part of the Patrick Beverly experience. And, uh, yeah, the winning is because of of a lot has to do a lot with him. And, unfortunately, this is the flip side. He talks a little too much junk sometimes and revs up the team. So, um, ultimately, I'm not worried about it, Scott. What uh, what do you think? I get where they're coming from, you know. I like that we're confident. And I'm <laughs> fine with the team's identity being set by Pat Beverly for the most part. You know, mm-hmm, you get the goods and the bads of Pat Beverly. It's like I was talking about with his interview on last week's show. I was saying he had to advocate for himself very strongly because he's always had to do that. That's People right. have always been saying, you ain't S, you Count ain't S your whole yeah. career. So he has to say, I am S. It's yeah. kind of the Kanye West kind of thing where, mm-hmm. you know, everyone puts you down your whole life. You have to become your own greatest advocate. So I recognize that the team is responding and pushing back against this narrative that they don't deserve the right to talk smack. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you don't t- tell us if we deserve to or not. I like that feistiness. I like that. I, I think it makes us a fighting team. I think it makes us a team that used to maybe be like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe we aren't as, yeah, you know, they, but like they, now they're they like, no, 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 no. We're too yeah. tough to take that. Yeah. So for the most part, I am okay with it. But I just think that some of it, first half stuff, 
some of it could be a little bit feels like we're overcompensating a little bit too much. You know, I don't want us to be like, you know, like, uh, I don't know a good example, but just someone who's talking too much trash because they don't have enough confidence in themselves, you know. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I feel like that could be we're kind of playing with that line there. Right. Or it's a little like empty. And I think that a lot of times we're seeing now that like we provoke teams and we get in their heads, you know, and so that can be fun. But there are teams, especially as we get into the playoffs, that are just too good. And they they don't fall apart when you get in their heads. They come back harder. And I would just want to make sure we're not uh, setting ourselves up for any of that. So I would say I'm slightly worried. I put myself on the worried side. But having said that, I get where we're coming from. And the getting in the head thing, yeah, that's come to a thing. Like Pep Beverly does the thing where he points to his head. Now Carl does it. You saw Carl do it against uh, against uh, yeah um, Crowder the other night. You know, and all that stuff's going pointing to the head. That's like, oh yeah, I'm in your head and stuff. And I was while like, that is true, I feel like the pointing to the head and the the idea of getting in someone's head, I think, is short lived. Like I think it is true you can get in someone's head, but especially against NBA players, against pros, like yeah. th- that's going to roll off in a few minutes, and then it's just back to normal play. So it's like you're never in somebody's head i feel like there's not very many examples of like someone being in someone's head for an entire game and i think a whole half for the most part like especially with carl you know where it's been like you know how you can kind of get into this guy's head sometimes i'm afraid that we'll psych ourselves out so much trying to get into other people's heads (laughs) yeah a little reverse a little reverse uh, psychology here right exactly you're too amped up i was listening to the krasinski show on my way over here and i think it was suhan not john but i think one of the two of them said like cat was pointing in his head and it's like Mm -hmm. cat this isn't your role you know you're not like the Patrick Beverly who's like I'm in your head I'm the role player I'm in your star you're the superstar like maybe leave it to somebody else to like get into these chippy foul situations because like you're too important man we can't have you be doing this yeah you can't be the get in the head martyr or whatever. right like, have Vando get in someone's head have Pat Beverly get in someone's head you can't be the get in the head guy cat I kind of yeah. agree with that all right next one here Scott uh, are we worried or not worried about uh, about D'Lo scoring in the last 10 games he's uh you know only uh, only 12 point four points you know he's uh, not shooting the ball quite as well down to 31 percent on threes um assists and and rebounds and stuff seem to be down as well assists so. are still good he's got eight a game yeah D'Angelo. are we worried about the scoring i mean the um you know a lot of a lot of clanking these days a lot of um you know i think he's still you know like you said the assists are there he's still you know distributing the ball well still great passing oh he's making but, Nas Reed look so good Nas has uh, got to pay him a portion of his next contract him and j-mac because the, the way Nas has been passes. yeah rolling so hard and you know catching those passes i mean Nas obviously deserves some uh-huh. you know, credit for it but d'lo has been putting him in some good positions to but, succeed you know d'lo has had you know either his best or second best season of his career by all accounts um so far but you know it is it it didn't start off that way necessarily so you know shooting for all players no matter how good they are can be streaky so maybe we're seeing a little bit of this and um well i guess technically we are seeing a little bit of this we can't you know it's just stats so it's not like uh you know it's not an opinion you know it's it's really it can be borne out by by the shooting numbers there but i guess the question is you know are we worried or not worried that it's going to continue into some of these playoff games right like that's what we're talking about like is this the guy that's going to be here for the rest of the year or are we going to be getting out of this so um what do you think scott worried or not worried about about d and his his bad scoring recently 
I'm not worried. Um, it, it's unfortunate when there's games like the Suns where none of your big three show up, really. I mean, like I said, Cat got taken out of the complete second half. D'Lo struggled yeah. to score. I mean, he was doing uh-huh. good things with his passing. He, he's been good doing not turning the ball over very well. Yeah, um, that's true. Right now, he's averaging a career high for assists, and he's point, wow. point one re- uh, turnover away from being a career low for rebounds wow. or turnovers. So yeah. he's doing a great job distributing the ball. He's at a career high for free throw shooting right now. He's slumping, you know, on the, on the other shooting, and that can kind of happen. But I've been really impressed, uh, you know, even during the slump, he seems like he's been going to the free throw line a little bit more, uh, which has been kind of an issue with him ever since he's been on the Wolves. He's been, even if it's just getting those rip throughs that Neil was complaining about, uh, <laughs> he, he's been getting the line a little bit more. But yeah, uh, obviously you just hope it's a, it's a slump and he's getting the slump out of the way before the playoffs because he is a really important guy when uh, the other big three, like you can kind of get by with him having a, you know, 10 point night with eight, eight assists and good ball handling if Towns and Ant show up or Beasley's hitting threes, but yeah. if, if you know if those guys are struggling, you were gonna need more you from feel it more, yeah. D'Lo. So I'm just hoping it's uh, like I said, a little slump. We've seen him get in slumps. He started the season in a slump and then got really hot. So hopefully it's just getting it out of his system. But I'm not too worried. Yeah, that's where I am too. I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking this is just uh, you know a bad stretch, and you know thankfully the playoffs don't start next week. They start in like three weeks. So we got a little bit of time here for hopefully to shoot himself out of that slump. So, uh, yeah, it's really just a shooting. I haven't really clocked it too much as far as it being other parts of his game. So I'd be more worried if it was, you know, his overall play was down. But it really does just seem to be the shooting, and it's it's not that far off. I was noticing in, in the Phoenix game, which I watched today as we record this, like he was just short a lot, you know. So yeah. I feel like it's it was just either a bad night or just some tired legs or something like that. So uh, he wasn't, like, bricking or, like, airballing or wild. You're right. Off, Everything was so. conspicuously short. Yeah, just a little short. So hopefully, uh, you know, it's something that can work itself out. How about you, Timberwolves? (laughs) All right, final one here. Uh, Worried or not worried, Scott? Are you worried or not worried about Jaden McDaniels, a.k.a. Big Mac, uh, in his absence here to close out the season? You got G-Mac and you got Big Mac. We're worried about, uh, about him not being here. We talked about the injury a few weeks ago. Um, now that they're playing some tougher teams, Luka Doncic would be really nice to have a guy like, uh, yeah. you know, Big Mac on your team to check him. I think my answer's changing now than if you had asked me last week. <laughs> if moment. you asked me last week, I'd be like, yes, this is a really important part of the schedule. We want a chance at six. We need that kind of defense. And obviously he feels like he would have been the X factor. We lost by two points in Dallas. You mm. know, if we had him on the team. We might've won. Same thing with the Phoenix. Like he's, he's been, the way he's been playing since the all-star break has been so good. You got to feel like we would have won those games, but we've lost those games, Neil. And it looks now, you know, there's still a prayer of a hope of a chance that we can, you know, uh, get out of that seventh seed. It's not quite, delusions of grandeur or anything well, like that half, that's that's two days but two and games. so like i'm saying like if he was on the team yes we'd have a better chance of getting that sixth seed but because i previously established i'm not afraid of the seventh seed i'm i can't be worried about Jaden missing you know i hope that he comes back and the downside is you know obviously we're trying some new defensive stuff even last night we saw it you know yeah. and it's just like getting some different looks on defense before the playoffs and not having him in there getting that experience maybe that'll hurt us in the playoffs um but as long as he's healthy by the playoffs uh it obviously, it, it obviously it's bad for the team that he's not here. He's costing us games not being here because that's he's that important to us. But it, at this point, the losing doesn't worry me. So I'm gonna say not worried. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you again here, and that's um yeah, like you said, it was something we talked about before, and I'm still right there. I mean, Torian Prince hasn't been quite as good, um you know this week as he was before that. But they got guys, they got bodies who can who can give you that kind of a night, and who can either guard or hit corner threes or you know whatever you're asking. You know, obviously not in the same package maybe, but. Uh, 
um, you know, I, I think uh, Prince can be that guy in a pinch. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, it'd be better to have him. Yes, the team would be better with him. Yes, but we're talking about you know this, them suddenly going zero and six to finish the year or something, and I, I just don't see that happening. So, not too worried about this one. We really have- hope the kid can be back for for playoffs, just for you know, for nothing else, just for the experience, right? Absolutely. Just for the 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 you know experience. Points. Great for him. Yeah, yeah, just to be like, oh yeah, I've been there. I've done it. Even just in the play-in games, just be like, just that high pressure of being like, yes. So I, I hope he's there to experience it. Uh, you know, while he's wearing a jersey instead of uh, wearing street clothes. Um, but yeah, that does it for worry, not worried. Let us know where we got it wrong. Follow us at Wolfscast and tweet at us. Let us know about worried slash not worried. I'm worried about our teachers, Neil. Let's pay them. Oh, let's go. Get them off strike. Apparently, uh, apparently that might be finishing up today. Give them though, all the money. I heard Give that, them all the money. I heard it might be uh, finishing up, but yeah. We, uh, They're we stand not going to get what they deserve, man. We stand with those teachers. All right. Uh, up next, time for Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right. Weekly Wolfies is here. Another week has elapsed. And, uh, of course, we have more awards to give out, so uh, we're going to get it going right here. I'll start us off. I want to give uh, – I feel like this is a tradition uh, every season. Uh, you got to give it up for somebody uh, who's an assistant coach who does a, a really nice job on the broadcast, um, you know, coming back after halftime, you know, talking with uh, Marty Gellner, Rebecca Brunson, Katie Storm, whoever it might be. Um, and, you know, they, it's their job to uh, answer one or two questions about, uh, you know, what's going to be different in the second half. And, you know, uh, Mike Nori got a lot of shine for uh, his levity, uh, for his, uh, you know, his ability to really kind of go to go to places that you might not have expected or to use phrases and kind of play a game um, with the halftime and, and, and you say some silly things, but I really enjoyed Elston Turner. I think he's been my favorite halftime uh, interview uh, of this season. I, I just think he's, he's very uh, paternal. I feel like he's like a, he's like an uncle. He's like a big uncle or he's like a grandpa figure or something like that. I, I feel like he is very wise. Um, uh, now there's also a Elston Turner Wolves plus that apparently uh, just dropped. I've not heard that one yet. So I'm excited to learn more about Elston Turner and uh, you know his his background, his basketball background, and, and just more about the man. But I just like how calm he is. But he's also very he doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't you know some guys will come up there and just like kind of protect their players or give you some big generalities. Elston Turner he doesn't have any agenda at all. He's just straight ahead. It, he doesn't even look at the camera. He doesn't even look at the interviewer. He just. He just launches into sort of his coach stuff, but in a very um, digestible um, and very nice way. So I, I like I've liked the vibes of of uh, Elston Turner, and uh, you know it makes a lot of sense what he says. And it seems like Jim likes him, which is also always a good. That's always a good thing to know, right? He's when another from a coaching perspective, Jim's like, hey, you know, like uh, nice work there, coach, you know, or whatever. So from an X's nose, from a basketball perspective, I think uh, uh, Elston Turner has been doing a good job with the halftime interviews. So shout out to you, Elston, for doing that. I was on my drive over here, Neil. You're you're good. I, I sometimes with the doc, here's a little behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm, inside mm-hmm. baseball, inside podcasting for everybody. Neil puts his Wolfie in the doc every every week. There's a yeah. spot for it. Sometimes I leave it blank until. 
until I get here. So I kind of had the element of surprise on the air. But I was driving over here, Neil, thinking about your your pick. And I was like, man, I think Mike Nori got a Wolfie maybe earlier this season for his yeah. halftime interviews. I'm yeah, like, one of us did. I it. think maybe one of us pointed out about Pablo. I was like, by the end of the year, we're going to be able to look back and rank like our favorite halftime interviews or assistant coaches for each of their months. Because I was like, we never gave Ken, Kevin, Ken Burleson or whatever, <laughs> you know, any love. So maybe he'd be the lowest in our rankings. We're going to have to power rank the assistant coaches by halftime interviews. I feel like we're the only podcast that talks about it. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, no, I think the Wolves have a good crew. Yeah. I mean, nothing Can't against argue. Pablo, but I feel like I, I didn't, we didn't shout out him. But yeah, we definitely did shout out Micah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I no, thought Pablo Austin. was good, but yeah, I think you're no, right. It's I don't good, think, but I don't just think not we like him out, above know? and beyond notable, right. I would say. Of course. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Target Center fans. We already talked about you, but I'm blown away how quickly this has become a home court advantage. Oh yeah. I thought it. Oh, we, we were scolding you earlier in the in the pod. You know, when Delo was calling everyone out, we were saying Delo's right, and the energy that's being brought. I'm so shocked. Even in like. I mean, obviously, last night was a game against the best team in the league, but even like Monday night game against team that's not that big, like yeah. fans are bringing the energy. I'm so impressed. I I can't like say that I. It's another huge surprise for me. I didn't know we had it in us. So good job, everyone, going to the games, being loud, keep that up. But I'm gonna just we gotta change something. I know there's a guy on CBS, uh, great article by Brad Botkin at CBS, uh, but he kind of shouted this out too of how ridiculous the end of that Dallas game was. I'm not trying to say that like. Oh, the Dallas stolen. got away from it. It was stolen. No, I just think that we need to change some of the rules because it's just not very fun when you're fouling Patrick Beverly before he gets the ball. Like we had several chances to take like a game tying three, and that's so exciting. Cox running out, you shoot the three, it's the buzzer beater. Yeah, like yeah, that's what we're here for. This is the NBA. Big shots, end of the clock. Like oh my god, we didn't even get to see it. We got to foul him one time. He took a you know that three, but he got fouled before he took the shot. So uh, we're just gonna send him to the Dave line. Ben talks about it all the time. He's gonna it's have a, to. Strategic yeah. thing. Do, do you foul when you're up do you three? Foul do you foul? Yeah, Dave loves talking about it. Like it's, he doesn't love anything else on the air. Like he loves talking about that. And then Jim laughs at him sometimes because it always brings it up. But it's such a bad, like, anti-competitive thing. It's so anti-entertainment. I'm not sure if it's anti-competitive because it's smart. Dallas did the smart thing, you know, and it worked. That's so why you would do it. But they they made an incentive for it not to be entertaining. They made an incentive for fouls to slow it down, replays. Let's look at the replay. Okay, Pat, now you're going to have to try and miss some of these free throws. Hey, you missed one. You caught it. Now you're going to shoot an exciting three-pointer to win the game. Nope, you did it. We fouled you before you caught the ball again. So now it's back to the free throws, back to the review. Okay, now you're missing them again. And so, like, what they did is they took away from us one of the most exciting things that happens in basketball which is like the buzzer beater shot to tie it or win and they took that away from us and gave us like referee reviews and game being decided at the line and like I said I'm not saying this is against Dallas it's not against the referees this is just the rules of the NBA I think they need to change just like the take foul there's things we can do that make the game more literally talking about it with the with the rip through right it's the same thing where it's like you're not doing anything wrong technically by doing this but it just isn't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's necessarily the spirit of the game. I guess is how you yeah. you maybe put it. But I guess I would ask you, what's the fix? Because they already did something where they now have two fouls under two minutes. Now you're saying that there should maybe be a uh, a limit past that where if it's, it's like a, a tech. It's like free throw and the ball. Yeah, yeah. It's something where if you intentionally foul someone in that situation, it's shots for that team, and then the team gets the ball back. Just incentivize them not to do it on so purpose. So there's no there's no point where. Yeah, so you, you cannot. Yeah, and there's going to be a distinction. There's going to be a problem when teams are like, okay, we can't do it on purpose. We but. can't do it on purpose anymore. But I accidentally did it. So there's going to be a line there where we'll have to delineate. You know, like, oh, did he accidentally do it or did he intentionally do it? Well, and that's what's coming for the take foul. But that one's so much easier to see. Right. Like 
uh, free throw and the ball is but the probably idea the way of like, to get out of the take foul thing. Right. But the idea that like, you know, the ball's being inbounded to Beverly and you're fouling him while the ball's in the air. You're fouling him because you're like, I'm just I trying want to figure out to how to, how, to, how, 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 what is the fix is what I'm trying to get. If to you get do at. that, I haven't heard a good, like, and again, I, maybe I'll read the, I got to read this interview or this uh, piece because it's like, there has to be a fix for this. Cause for, for and again, we got to give it up for, for Adam Silver. It seems like they've been able to, at every junction, like be able to find these things and be like, nope, here's what we're going to do instead. Or you just like, look at FIBA. It's like, what does FIBA do in this situation? And so, I'm interested to to think about yeah because you're right it is less uh, cl- uh it's anticlimactic at the end when you're sitting there shooting free throws that essentially you know can't win you the game versus an exciting buzzer beater shot <laughs> all right that's it's not as entertaining so it's like okay what do you do to like make that so like that's more often the case i think there's also an option they said i like the idea of just being able to decline the foul like if they oh. if they fouled you, you're like, no, I'll take the shots or, you know, like, or we'll take the ball. Like we don't have to go to the free throw line to shoot these because you want us to, you know? Like, yes. I think yes. that could be an option too. But It's like in football where a flag goes down. The problem is big <laughs> enough and there's enough solutions that I, you know, I think we can debate and it's fun to have debates. Like what could be the best fun solution? But I think there are plenty of legitimate solutions and maybe that's something that could be a fun off season topic for all the bloggers on Canis Hoopus, you know? Yeah. But let's, uh, let's hope the rules just change it, man. Cause just make it fun to watch you know like, every year they seem to like clean this stuff up so i hope that uh, well that's the other thing too them, yeah. is maybe it's a different subject but i saw this video about just emphasizing like oh yeah remember the first month of the season when they weren't calling these bs calls and it was really fun and the games were really competitive well those points of emphasis like every season don't go oh, uh, who's, they, who's getting away with it now no it's just like the uh, uh, league-wide the refs have just stopped they were letting everyone get away with, with the it jump into the guy and, fouls yeah and they're like the offense in the league is so surging right now because the refs are just letting everything start, happen yeah. so like like it's a league-wide problem. Uh, yeah, as long as we're not getting the jump sideways and the jump backwards, oh, so yeah, those, those are the worst. All right, uh, we're almost done with the show, Scott. But let's uh, let's get a quick game in here. Run late, but uh, right. what else to do? So let's uh, let's let's get it going. What's what's popping? What are what are we quizzing on today? Technical fouls. Ah, techs, tech life. We, we did a lot uh, of tech. If questions. you didn't, um, if you didn't uh, hear hear about uh, enough foul talk here today and the records. And the and the towns getting so close to it. Well, uh, we got more for you. So uh, yeah, let's let's learn about uh, technical fouls and uh, the Timberwolves. All right, Neil. Which former Timberwolves player is tenth all time in technical fouls? <laughs> former Wolves player, uh, former Wolf, and he's tenth in NBA like NBA league history, league history, league not history. franchise. No league history. Tenth all time. Tenth all time. Former Wolf. Um, I got a couple of guesses. Um, I'll talk through it. I think KG could be way up there. I mean, you got you got to think of like longevity guys too. The KG is probably my first guess, but for some reason the first guy that came to mind, which is a weird one because he hardly played here, is Antoine Walker. I feel like he was a high tech guy who I think he was in the KG trade um, and might have been on the team, but I don't know if he had enough like years in the league. Um, I would have said Pat Bev, but he's not former; he's current. Um, who are other like former like guys who got a whole bunch? I don't know. I feel like KG's too too obvious. So I'll, I'm going to actually guess Antoine Walker. Is, is that the answer? Antoine Walker. Could it be? Mm. Oh, 
I went I went bold with the guess. We're coming. We're it coming. is KG. Okay. Dang it. I should I tried to get tried to get cute with yep. it. Anton Walker's number 18. Okay. So he's on the list. Yeah, I knew he was a tech guy, but yeah, okay. KG, KG. with 172 in his career is 10th all time. Which I you know, I think is a lot. I mean, that's I don't know. I feel maybe maybe like there were guys even in the 90s and stuff who were like technical guys, but I feel like it's more of a it's more of a modern thing. Like I feel like it was brought on by like Rashid Wallace. Yeah, there's in, like, some the of these 90s. records are kind of dubious a little bit. I'll, <laughs> I'll bring it up. For example, this next one, yeah. Or like Rodman. What is the most technical fouls the Timberwolves have ever had in one game as a team? Oh, one game. Uh, well, we saw like five this week, so maybe like twice that much. I'll say, I'll, I'll guess nine. How about nine? Not quite ten, but nine. Did I nail it? Ah. All right, so here's what I'm talking about with some of the records being weird online. Because the technical fouls, Wikipedia yeah, I don't know entry, what a tech is. says the most in a game ever was like some like international game, and it was six. But the Timberwolves in the media guide have gotten six technical fouls in a game. Here's the thing, though. So most recently, it says Portland. We got six in a game. Uh, December 23rd, 2005, Kevin Garnett won- got one. Michael Olakandy got two. And then we had three <laughs> defensive three seconds. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's six technical like fouls. Team but techs. I think like the team techs, maybe that's why this is listed as the most all time, because three of them are team techs. So maybe in the you know the international game that supposedly has six of being the most time, maybe it was all player techs. Because I've also seen like some of these lists say that uh, Rashid Wallace has the most techs all time. But a lot of the other lists say, no, it's this other person. So maybe hmm. it's team techs. I don't know. Maybe how we're calling yeah, these Yeah, it gets hazy. Yeah. Or it's like, does an intentional foul count? Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that that's, a, that's a tricky one, depending yeah. on how you slice it. That game is also in the uh, Wolves media guide for most technical fouls, both teams. Ten in the game. Wow. Total. So the Scrappy. Portland had four, we had six. And they like, played it in London or like Mexico City or something? Is that what you mean by international game? Like no, it, no. There was like an Israeli team versus like a British team. It was like not even an NBA game. It was just a game. You know? Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. what I'm saying. Non NBA. Some that I found interesting. Some of those research. Yeah. But here's the next question: Who holds the record for most technical fouls in a single season? And it's not even close. Uh, any player in the league? You any mean? player in the league? Single season. Single season. Um, just, well, I think just trust your gut on this one. Uh, the first, the first name uh, that I thought of was Rashid. Was Sheed? Sheed Wallace. Not Sheet? Draymond. I feel like Draymond is a contender. Yeah, no, he was up there. Draymond was really good. I think Draymond's like highest is like twenty seven or something. Dennis Rodman or maybe Dennis somebody, Rodman like is the Detroit who, bad boy. Dennis or, Rodman had the record before she took it for him. I wonder I think, what season, a bowl season or uh, or uh, like I think, a, a, I think it was a Detroit one. But okay, yeah, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, Dennis was in the thirties. Rashid got forty one technical Oof. fouls. And he only played like 77 games. Oh. 41 technical fouls. Like every game, I every other game. I the rules were the same where it's every two and he would get suspended. Like that's Oh, that's nuts. a great question. I'm not sure. But yeah. Gosh. No, because they said he played 77 games. If he no. got 41 yeah, the and rules, you get... Yeah, the, the they rules probably changed the rules because of him. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then you knew this question was coming. Who holds the record for technical fouls in a career? I, I already told you it's not Sheed. And wow. you got to think longevity. It's a guy who put up a lot of, you know, kind of, it's a longevity stat, you know, it's a volume thing. So, Most techs, longest career. Yeah, it's a guy who um, has a lot of records because okay, he's I around a guess, for a long time. I have a guess, but as someone that I don't really know for technicals, yeah. um, I'm trying to think of some of the other contenders I'm thinking of. I'm, I guess, yeah, I guess Rodman would actually be up there for me. Sheed, I mean, he had, he, he burned bright when he was here, but maybe he only had like 10 years. And like I'll Artest, tell you this. Artest was another name I was going to say. Or this World player Peace. also has the record for most personal fouls in NBA history. Yeah, so I am, uh, yeah, I had a name. Who is, who is the who is the name I'm going to go with? I'm going to go, 
Um, I'm actually going to go with Carl Malone. Is it Carl Malone somehow? Yeah. Longevity guy, what, what, second all-time in scoring or something like that? Yeah, like he's like no, top third. three. Uh, LeBron just passed him past week, yeah. this last week. LeBron just passed him for so two. That's so. what I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah he was in Longevity. The he has the most personal fouls ever. He has the most technical fouls. Just three more techs than Chuck, though. 332 technical fouls in his career. More than Chuck Barkley. Yeah, three more than Chuck Barkley. And then wow. once again, KG's at 10 with 172. <laughs> Carl Malone had 332. <laughs> oh my it's a God. lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, wow, yeah. And also, John Stockton said this week he has a list of hundreds of high school athletes who've dropped dead after getting the vaccine. <laughs> hundreds. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We have, That's he right. can't show us the list, but he has it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Trust athletes. Him. Trust him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dropping dead. Not just people. Dropping athletes. dead. Yeah. <laughs> can't believe we haven't heard it in the news. Mm. All right, Neil. Uh, final question, or it's a, a couple questions, but it's about the final thing. Which referee issued the Wolves five technical fouls in 10 seconds in a 2011 loss to the Spurs? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, was it, uh, what's his name? Not, uh, was it, was it Danny Crawford? No. What's, uh, I think you can get it, though. What? He, he's, re- uh, he might be related to a Timberwolf, or a Tim- Twins legend. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know the name. It's, you uh, tell me. Ken Maurer. Ken Maurer. Okay, there you go. I can, I can see him now. I can visualize Ken Maurer now with the slick back hair, skinny older guy. Ken Maurer, who was once fined for calling a player a little bitch and was forced to retire for refusing to get the vaccine. So. Jeez. Manu Ginobili. Real winner. Real winner here. Manu Ginobili said of the technicals after hitting the free throws, it was kind of awkward. It was strange. (laughs) So here's my final question. Can you name, this is a 2011 game, Neil. There were five technical fouls that went to four different people. Can you name two of the people to receive a technical foul? Five technical fouls in 10 seconds. Uh... Two thousand eleven, so it's pre love. No, nope, no, nope. this is during love. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say love was one of them. I'll, I'll say love was one. That's one of them. Okay, and I'll say uh, <laughs> who else? Uh, Brea? Can we get Brea in there? Was he one of them? Not uh, before before Brea. Okay. Um, uh, how about <laughs> uh, who else would be in there? Pekovic. Pekovic uh, uh, talking. His, his, his predecessor. Oh, uh, his predecessor in, in the middle was uh, what? I don't know. Costa Kufas. I don't know who played uh, It's funny because there's, there's a legendary photo of the three of them. Kosta Kufis, Pekovic, and this third guy. All Timberwolves centers. Pashevsky? It Whatever. Was, it was Darko. Darko? Oh, yes. Darko got the first one. Corey Brewer got one simultaneously. Then Rambis came over and got a double tech. Rambis oh. got thrown out of the game. Manu shot Sticking four. For his guys. Manu shot four free throws, and then within the next like five seconds, Kevin Love got a T as well. Ugh. So it was Love, Brewer, Darko, two on Rambus, five technical fouls, ten seconds, NBA record. Everybody, so many. Wow, there you go. That's uh, that's all the text. Drunk on power. Lo- 2011. <laughs> Kenny Mauer was like, nah. Uh, enjoy your retirement. I hope uh, he doesn't get the Herman Cain award. Oh, poor, uh, poor, uh, yeah, poor Ken Ken Mauer had to had to. Had to leave the league because of the draconian, uh, you know, uh, uh, laws about uh, about getting the vaccine. I, I wonder if he feels vindicated for Kyrie this week. He's like, yes, <laughs> yes you get him, Kyrie. Uh, fantastic, good game. Tex fouls. Hopefully, the Wolves slow that down a little bit. No more Tex. Hopefully, Carl can make it without being suspended. That's and that's hopefully. A black mark. Uh, uh, I was about to say, hopefully Luca could get one before Friday night, but I don't think that's impossible, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, as we get, record get him this. out of there. Yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully he's he's suspended for a game that's important and that they lose, you yeah. know? All right, that does it for Wolves Cast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. we got a couple more episodes Ooh. because the season is Denver winding is up, down. Denver's up by two points against the Suns in the third quarter right now. Oh, Come on, Suns. 
Oh, live update. Come on, son. Everybody. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week with another show. We got that tough week ahead of us here. You know, Mavs, Celtics, Raps. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Get ready to good watch some good Timberwolves basketball, man. Oh, That's the fun thing about these matchups. Leverage. is It has been some quality games, my friend. But yeah, keep it tuned. Keep us, uh, keep us in your podcast player of choice. And we'll be back next week with another show. See you then. Edwards drives in and ants are not only active at night, Jim, they're active in the afternoon.